Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm guest bailiff, Monty Bailiff Belmonte, morning host at 93.9 The River, WRSI in Northampton, Massachusetts, in for Jesse Thorne. This week, a case of probable cosplay. Donald, his wife Jesse, and their son plan to attend a Star Wars fan convention that will also serve as their family vacation this year. Donald and their son have been planning and executing costumes to wear for the convention, and Donald thinks Jesse should join them. Jesse says she shouldn't have to wear a costume since she's not a big fan herself, and she agreed to let the trip double as their family vacation in the first place. Will Jesse have more fun in costume, or should she be allowed to opt out? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Me a stuk to go. Via do do. Bailiff Monty, swear them in. Donald and Jesse, please rise and raise your right hands. Now, you must unlearn what you have learned. Do you swear to tell the truth? Do you acknowledge that fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering, and so swear that your ally is the force and a powerful ally it is? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling? I do. I do. Do or do not. There is no try. May the force be with you. Judge John Hodgman, proceed. You may. Thank you, Bailiff Monty. Uh, Nice to have you here. Jesse is in London swelling it up with the gadflies uh, across the pond. So we have Monty Belmonte, who for the purposes of this podcast shall be known as Monty Bailiff Monty. Hello, Monty. Hello. Now, Donald and Jesse, for an immediate summary judgment, can either of you identify the specific moment in popular culture that I referenced as I virtually entered the virtual courtroom? Actually sounds familiar, but I can't I can't place the specific uh, it scene. It actually sounds familiar. Yes, really. it does. Does it yes. actually sound familiar to you? It then, does. Then you should know it. Then you should know I, it. I know. I mean, it's from I, my understanding is it's from one of the Star Wars movies, but I can't place how it. How do up you know? How do you know for sure? Just through context? You don't know. Um, well, I could, somewhat. I could, I could be quote, I could be quoting. I could be quoting a documentary about the Kalahari uh, uh, Bush people. Well, that that could be that, but they, Jesse, they probably. All right, be quiet now. Okay, Jesse. It oh. sounds like the little bug person that enslaved Anakin, and I think episode two. You're speaking of Watto. Yeah, no, it is not Watto. And Donald, you call yourself a Star Wars expert. That was, of course. Yes. May I guess before you do it? Uh, of course, uh, Monty Bailiff Monty. What, is, what what was your guess? Is it Jar Jar Binks's people's language? No, it is not because oh. they speak in a, they speak in a, a uh, an offensive patois of Jamaican English, and uh, and um, uh, uh, Brian uh, Blessed. But not their fat governor. He speaks some weird language. I That's think. That's Brian Blessed doing his own riff on an offensive patois of Jamaican English and space language. That's all Brian Blessed. Donald, who else has Brian Blessed played in the, in the, in the annals of film history? Uh, that would be Hawkman from Flash Gordon. That's right. Gordon's alive! <laughs> who else did he play in the annals of important public television history? Oh, I, you know, you got me on Emperor that one. Emperor Augustus in I, Claudius, required I Claudius. viewing for all listeners of the Judge John Hodgman podcast. No, the character that I was quoting, of course was Poggle the Lesser, the Archduke of the uh, Genosians, as he sentenced Padme Amidala and, uh, what's his name, Anakin Skywalker, to death in their trial after they were caught 
on Genosis spying in the deleted scene from Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode 2. All right, experts, now you're in my house. You're on my sail barge now. Let's move on. Donald? Yes. Hello. Hello. Uh, who brings the case, Donald, you or, or, your, or your poor wife? Well, uh, I bring the case that, um, would you like me to explain? Sure. Okay. You, are, you are bringing the case, right? I am bringing the case. Right, you are the complainant. Yes. Your wife won't cosplay with you. <laughs> Correct. Now, f- fill out the details, sir. Uh, we are going to the Star Wars convention in a, a couple of weeks in, in uh, Florida. Which one is and that? Which Star Wars convention? What's that? Which, 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 which Star Wars convention? It's called Star Wars Celebration 6. Well, that's the big one. And so um, um, I, uh, I, I am able to go and uh, with my wife and my son. Uh, I'm actually in the process of uh, updating my Jedi costume so that I am uh, even more Jedi-like. And then uh, we're also creating um, a Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi a costume for my son, who's right. four years old. And uh, I believe that uh, my wife, who loves to um, play with virtual costumes on on online games mm-hmm. or any other game that she plays, um, I believe that she would have a lot more fun if she were at the convention also in costume, even though she may not herself be as big of a Star Wars fan as, as um, myself or my son. Okay. And uh, Jesse? Yes, sir. Uh, do, you, do you disagree with the statements of fact? Do you not know how to have fun yourself? No, I know how to have fun. I just, we've already got to make two costumes for uh, Josh and Donald. Right. And Josh is I'm going son. not under duress, but it's not the most fun thing in the world to me. So I'd rather go and be comfortable and wear shorts and flip-flops and t-shirts rather than worrying about getting Josh dressed and making sure Donald has his 15 pieces and worry about myself. Really? You don't want to go to Florida and wear a whole bunch of robes and karate (laughs) outfits. You'd rather wear comfortable t-shirts and shorts and flip-flops. Yes, correct. That's very curious. Uh, Donald, you sent in a, uh, uh, some evidence, which includes a photo of yourself in what I presume is your, your Jedi costume. Yes, the, uh, version one, yes. This is version be. one, because what this yeah. looks like to me is you're, you're standing here very happy next to R2-D2, and you're basically you're wearing a karate gi with a Banana Republic belt and some Tevas. What Jedi are you, sir? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a, a department store, a bargain store Jedi, apparently. <laughs> That's fine. And how big a role does cosplaying play in your, in your, in your life? Well, uh, I would like for it to be uh, increasingly more of a role. I am uh, developing this costume to be um, approved by the Rebel Legion, which is a a costuming um, fan organization, which um, organizes costuming events for charity. And and are they very strict in their assessment? For for uh, initial because. membership for formal uh, approval, yes. And then what once they look, once you're a member, at? my understanding is you can you can have some less uh, strict uh, costumes, which are a little more uh, loose in in their um, in their requirements. Do they make you stand up in a? <laughs> they make you stand up in an auditorium 
and uh, and stand very still like a show dog as they observe the cut of your uh, Jedi robes and the appropriate length of your Jedi sleeves or whatever. Yes, and and Do you they? know they they feel around. Uh, they raise your tail and they feel around <laughs> underneath, and it's. Yeah. No, but are they what 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 for and now I'm 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 entering the realm of uh, pure curiosity. Uh the Rebel Legion, what are they what are they looking for? What are, what what do you need in order to to gain acceptance? For a Jedi costume, you have to have an inner tunic, an outer tunic, the tabards which are are the sort of vertical strips going up over the shoulders. Mm-hmm. There is an obi or sash which is a a piece of uh fabric that comes around underneath a leather belt. It has to be a specific kind of leather belt with two-piece leather construction. Um, uh, and then pouches or um, different um, accoutrements on the actual belt itself, specific to um, you've got uh, food pellets or sure. a Jedi communicator sure. or a droid collar, uh, obviously a lightsaber. Let's go back to food pellets. What are the food pellets that the Jedi eat? Because this is getting into really obscure corners of fandom that I have no idea about. Are they, that's, are they munching on Soylent Green or what? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Uh, the, the um, uh, you know, there is that bit of food that Luke Skywalker um, fights uh, Yoda for, or kind of argues with okay. Yoda for. I always thought that was of, a Slim Jim. Uh, it looked like a, 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 a pre-cooked uh, little breakfast sausage to me. Yeah, that's but, exactly what it looked like. like a Jones pre-cooked breakfast sausage. Yeah. I always remember watching that that scene in Empire Strikes Back. For those of you who are not horrible nerds like us, this is a scene where uh, uh, Luke uh, Skywalker lands on the swamp planet Dagobah to seek out uh, Yoda for his uh, Jedi training. Uh, this is sort of his swampy Hogwarts and uh, and and Yoda's there, but he doesn't reveal that he is Yoda, and he and he fights with Luke over this pre-cooked breakfast sausage, which I always remember thinking that's got to be the most delicious thing in the world. But that could be, but that could be Rebel military rations. That's not necessarily Jedi. That's true. So Old Republic food pellets are actually uh, little um, capsules that clip onto your onto your utility belt. So uh, what is inside is actually a mystery of the Force, I believe. Good old-fashioned Old Republic food pellets. Yes. Tell me, have you tried an old Republic food pellet? That's a. It's like it's like a Werther's original. Yeah, it's like a Werther's. <laughs> it's like a butterscotch. If you haven't tried them, your family sure will love them. Old Republic food pellets and Guy Noir. All right. Does the Rebel Legion again in the realm of pure curiosity? Or I'm sorry, Jesse. Unfor- unfortunately, I'm afraid you're. I'm afraid both for myself and for you that I am really interested in this. <laughs> I knew it was going to be an uphill battle from the minute I talked to him about oh, coming on the podcast. Yes. So it's all right. Yeah. You're, I'm a tough cookie. I think you're ready to face the trials. Do, does the rebel Legion regulate, I should say Jedi garb, or are they also, do they also have uh, best in breed uh, uh, a criteria for like a Bosque outfit or like Bosque a- uh, bounty hunters and, and the bad guys would be regulated by the 501st Legion Vader's mm-hmm. fist, which was, uh, they, they handled the stormtroopers and the, the, um, the Sith Lords and, and so forth. And what about sort of neutrals like, uh, like Malakili, the rancor keeper? Uh, th- well, um, that would be sort of a, a neutral um, type person that that could fall under either category, I believe. Um, someone like uh, Han Solo, or even actually someone as as um, generic as a um, a Jawa would mm-hmm. would probably be able to fall under either either uh, 
either organization. Have you ever seen someone cosplay as the um, the burned skeletons of Owen and Baru? <laughs> no, but maybe we could make Jesse cosplay as that. Well, if you were to compel your wife under the strictures of Jedi marriage to wear a dumb costume at your Star Wars convention, what costume would you compel her to wear? You know it cannot be Leia slave outfit, right? You know that, right? Do I have to say anything about that or no? No, you don't. That that would be something just for our, our own... Uh, no, 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 no. Children listen to this, sir, and I don't. I'm sorry, and, and that's all. That's all gross. Anyway, what would what outfit what what outfit would you have her wear? My or would you my suggest? recommendation would be something simple, right. uh, something like a, one of Princess Leia's white gowns, mm-hmm. which would be fairly simple to make, sure. especially since we're we're uh, um, perpetuating this um, this uh, argument up to um, close to the convention. First of all, you understand that my objection to talking about the Leia slave outfit is not because it is any way suggestive, but because it is a horrible, horrible cliche at this point. No one should ever dress as Leia slave outfit ever again. That joke was done in the mid nineties. But if you put her in the white Leia outfit, you would have to go sans brazier. Just saying. What, Monty Bailiff, Monty? I think you may have children in the room with you. Luckily, they've left, but they were naked when they left. What? This is getting creepier all the time. And it started out creepy because we're talking about cosplay. So, you, so Jesse, your husband would like you to dress uh, as a, chastely as uh, Princess Leia of Alderaan. That's a, a light flowing robe. Uh, it's white. It reflects the heat of the oppressive Florida sun. Uh, what do you feel about that? I mean, that'd be all right. But I think... I think again, I'm spending, I'm going to spend a lot of time making sure Josh is okay and wrangling him. And I'd rather just not dress up at all. And you are, do you, do you want to go to this convention? Oh, well, um, originally it was just going to be Donald and Josh that went and I was going to stay home. Uh But then really feasibly we couldn't afford a separate vacation for all three of us. Uh So then I agreed to go under the condition that we would get a hotel with a nice pool so I could hang out at the pool and, and avoid the um, convention at least one day. Oh, hang on. Josh needs to show you something. You heard that? Oh my goodness. All right. Sorry. What is it? What is, what does he need to show? Believe me, I understand. Okay. What are you showing me, honey? Okay. Can you go to your room? There's a Jedi Knight Anakin. You want to show me? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Go watch your movie. This is this poor woman's whole life. I know you really. (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. Sorry. I'm I'm so proud. And you've been, you're compelled to go to this thing. Also, your husband submitted uh, some evidence, which is that you have a tattoo. Is that not correct? Yes, that is correct. And could you describe the tattoo to me? Yeah, sorry, just a minute. That's okay. You know what? We're talking about kids stuff here. We are. This is this is children's entertainment that we're talking about. I have no problem with children being uh, a party to this in this courtroom. Would you would you ask your son to describe your uh, your tattoo for me, please? Yes. Hey, Josh, come here. Will you come talk to the judge? Will you talk to him? Will you tell him what my tattoo looks like? What's my tattoo look like? No, you talk. You it's a lightsaber. 
Tattoo. Is it one lightsaber or two lightsabers? Is it one lightsaber or two? Two. You're talking to him? Yeah, the guy with the mustache. I, I want to talk. You want to talk? Okay, you talk. Hello, Padawan. My name is Judge John Hodgman. Can you hear me? What is your name? That's Josh. Hi, Josh. I'm Josberry. My dad calls me Tim. Interesting. <laughs> we'll explore that. Let's put a pin in that for the moment, Josh. Josh, are you excited about going to the Star Wars convention? Yeah, like with some? my uh, with Uncle Drew and Donald and Jackson. And you like Star Wars very much? Went to the Comic Con to the Weird Lando. Oh, really? And yes, yeah. we went. We went to uh, Kansas, the Con- Comic Con in Kansas City, and and there was uh, Billy D. Williams was there, so we we saw him, and uh, that so that was at the beginning of He's the summer. Almost two. No, John, Judge Hodgman's at his house. He's calling Daddy. We're all talking on the phone. Josh, who's your favorite character? Lando Calrissian? No, Luke. Luke is your favorite character? Good choice. Have yeah. you, which is your favorite Star Wars movie? Someone was the green lightsaber. Okay, good. And who shot first, uh, Han Solo or Greedo? Han Solo. Yeah. Josh? You are, you are ready to become a Padawan. I hope you enjoy the Star Wars con, uh, uh, convention very much. Should your mom dress up for the Star Wars convention, Josh? I'm going to be Luke. You're going to be Luke, but what should your mom dress up as? She's going to be a superhero. Yeah, I like it. I think, I think she is a superhero. Yes, she is. All right, Josh, will you, uh, will you do me a favor and let me talk to your mom for a little bit more? Yeah. All right, nice talking to you. May the Force be with you, Josh. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix. You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, you get a human stylist, not AI. A human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other. This professional stylist picks the clothes... They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, It is an absolutely incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up, and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that easy. Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like, they know me, and it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to, to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you 
as you want to look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash JJHO. That's stitchfix.com slash JJHO. Stitchfix.com slash JJHO. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go. Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, that's my wife and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an aura frame. Oh. <laughs> what I love about the aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog, uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children. Uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't right. even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house or all of them. Uh, it is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use the code Hodgman at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So which superhero are you going to be? <laughs> I'm going to be super mom, I guess, or um, Wonder Woman, but with a more modest outfit, maybe. It would, to it would totally de delight me if you just walked into that Star Wars convention dressed as like Wonder Woman or Star Sapphire or something. Just like, <laughs> I do not get it. That would make me really happy, too. I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have a tattoo of two lightsabers. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct, Judge. And, and what else? How else can you describe this tattoo to the listening audience? Well, it's two lightsabers that cross mm -hmm. and there's a bigger lightsaber and a smaller lightsaber and they're both blue. Mm -hmm. And one says Donald kind of written above it. And the other one says Josh written above it. Mm -hmm. And it was a surprise for Father's Day. You mean that your husband forcibly tattooed you as a surprise for Father's Day? Or that you, no, I uh, willingly got the tattoo as a surprise, and he about passed out when he saw it. Like he had to be sitting down. Donald, Donald, will you will you just step out of the room for a moment, please? Sure, we'll do. Thank you, Jesse. Is everything okay in your house? <laughs> yes, everything's fine. I'm do okay. You, would you like to talk to me privately? Is there anything? Is there anything we can we need to do here? Do we need to call anybody on your behalf? No, I'm I'm fine. I knew when I entered into the marriage, it was going to be a lot of nerdiness, like a whole lot of nerdiness. And I've become mm -hmm. more of a nerd. Do you like Star Wars? It's gone on. Oh, honestly, I think Donald's out of the room. I yeah. really 
no, I don't really like it. I, I enjoy how much my husband and son like it and their best friend Scott loves it and how they all talk about it and how all their the kids love it. I love how much they enjoy it. I don't particularly think the movies are all that fabulous, but I get a kick out of how much they get a kick out of it. What's- so I enjoy it through them. I prefer My Little Ponies and The Last Unicorn and other nerdy stuff in a different genre. I gotcha. Yeah. So anim- animation. Yeah. I, and I, I do play video games. I play oblivion. I love that whole series mm-hmm. series and fable. So I am kind of a nerd, but I'm just in a different, um, your husband accused place. you of, of doing a cosplay in a virtual space. Yeah. I like playing with costumes on mm-hmm. oblivion. I'm always getting new armor. Slaying dragons, but just in real life, I'd rather just be comfortable. Uh, can we can Donald come back into the room if you can send Josh to get, tell Donald to come back into the room. Okay, Josh, tell Daddy to go back in the room. Okay, Daddy, go to the to the cart room. Okay, here I am, Donald. What does Star Wars mean to you? Star Wars has been with me my entire life. Practically, I was born uh, just before the first movie came out. I saw one of the original, um, well, not the not when it was first in the theater, but it had been re-released maybe a year after. I was younger than my son is now when I first saw it in the theaters a few times, and I had I've got all of um, the toys from from many of the the uh, original series, and I've got. Uh, more of the toys that came out in the 90s. I've stopped uh, acquiring toys, um, although now I'm acquire, acquiring them vicariously through my son in some respects, but only at at, uh, at his pace uh, of uh, acquisition. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it. We all, we all, we all of us uh, grew up with Star Wars. We all like it. Mm-hmm. But not everybody wants to compel their family members to dress up as Princess Leia or continues to dress up and go to these conventions. So dig a little deeper for me here, Donald. What does it mean to you to go to a Star Wars convention with your family? And why is it important to you that you would sacrifice a regular family vacation or a non-Star Wars family vacation, I'll say? It is, um, for the purposes of, of, uh, of uh, bringing my family to it, it... it um, it gives us something to do while we're on vacation. So we're not just sitting at a beach. Um, oh, but as far gross. as well, I like that too, but um, resting quietly. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> you talk about resting quietly without a Jedi robe on. No, thank you. Right. It, you know, and peaceful meditation with the Jedi robe and everything would be mm-hmm. best. So this is your chance to make a final argument to me and to the world and to your family as to what this convention means to you and what Star Wars means to you and what it would mean to you for your wife to join in on the cosplay. So no pressure. Well, <laughs> well, uh, look, you know what? No one said going into that uh, hollowed out tree was going to be easy. That's true. You the, will uh, be afraid. Go on what it would mean for me, for my wife to show her solidarity and, and uh, dress up with us is that we would, we would be identified together as a family. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be out on, uh, on my own or my son specifically on, on his own. It would be more of um, us all together 
I feel that she would be she would feel left out once we get there and she realizes that um, all of this attention is um, all this you know nerd based attention is based is uh, is um, brought towards my costume and Josh's costume and perhaps it should rightfully be towards Josh since he's the, the cute little guy um, dressed up but I think that she would probably feel out of place um, not being part of the uh, the entire experience. And, and once you're at the convention, you, you experience, uh, the star Wars fandom in a, in a very special way. Um, that is not particularly evident just from watching the movies. And one final question for you, sir, who is Will Rowe hood? <sighs> I think I know everything I need to make my final decision. I'm going to go into my, uh, empire strikes back era meditation chamber, take off my helmet, expose my, horribly burned head uh, to the camera. And I will be back in a few moments with my decision. Please rise as judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Now, Donald. Yes. Do you feel that you've asked enough from Jesse just to come on this vacation with you? Isn't that enough? I think that it would be sufficient, but I think for her own enjoyment of the, of the time, I, I think that once she is actually there and is not in a costume, I think that she will wish that she were in one. And Jesse, if this were a sporting team of some sort, and Donald was the coach, and they were all wearing the jerseys, wouldn't you put the jersey on? And don't you think that your lightsaber tattoos are a little bit damning? Well, that's been my argument, that I could just wear a tank top, flip-flops, and shorts, and I've got my costume on my arm, and I don't have to wear a big judo outfit or whatever with food pellets and a certified lightsaber from 1979. I mean, I'm cool enough as I am. I don't need to go dressed up. All right. Well, we'll see what judge John Hodgman has to say. Please rise as judge John Hodgman reenters the courtroom. First of all, Will Rowe hood is uh, also known as a uh, fleeing ice cream maker, man. <laughs> Oh, ice cream maker, man. Yes. Can now, now do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Why don't you explain for the audience? Uh, on Cloud City, as uh, the Empire is invading and, and everyone is escaping uh, to um, save Han Solo from Boba Fett, um, there's a, a technician or somebody, one of the denizens of, of Cloud City who's, who's fleeing, and he has some sort of equipment in his, under his arm, and it happens to actually be a um, circa 1980 uh, ice cream maker. Yeah. So, And courtesy the fantastic website Topless Robot, mm-hmm. I have learned that in the expanded, triple expanded fan and universe of Star Wars nerddom, this character has been given a name, Wilro Hood. Mm-hmm. I presume he's been named Hood after the famous uh, New England uh, dairy company, Hood, right, Monty Belafonte? Yes, with the fabulous little cups of ice cream called Hoodsies. Called Hoodsies. He's a fellow, a fellow Massachusettsian like me. Massachusetts, uh, I prefer. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I concede to your, uh, to your self-identification. Uh, but, and not only does he have a name, Wilro Hood, or, or Mr. Hoodsy, as I call him, but also this enormous long backstory that has been contrived by internet nerds and Star Wars aficionados uh, like yourself, Donald. And fandom is, uh, is a wonderful thing. I mean, I really do acknowledge that to gain and foster community around a cultural product, 
right, that has sparked so many people's imaginations is fun. And to play dress up is fun for kids and even for grown-ups. That's why grown-ups go and get loaded at Halloween parties. They like to dress up too. And yet there are some weird, dark corridors, the dark side of fandom that you don't want to cross over into, where it becomes uh, your total life and you forget. As, uh, as uh, David Reese once sagely said to me, making a cultural reference is not the same thing as making culture. Mm-hmm. Referring to culture is not the same thing as being creative. And when you go down that dark road, it's hard to turn back. And I have to say, sir, that I totally think your family is adorable. And I really enjoy the fact that you and your son are going to the Star Wars convention. Um, and I really think that it's great that you guys get to dress up and play with toys together. And that's fun. But you are not a Jedi, sir. You cannot wave your hand and compel another person in your life to like the exact same things you do in the exact same way you do. And I don't know that you're being sufficiently appreciative of the sacrifices that Jesse has already made in terms of giving up uh, the sort of typical dull sitting on a beach family vacation that she kind of wants in order to be there with you and spend the family's uh, treasure on going to something that is really in service of you and your son. Now, I appreciate that you would love it if your wife wanted to uh, get into this thing in the same way that you're into it, but it's not her thing. She has her thing. My little pony, unicorns, uh, fables, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, video games, and so on. And she's absolutely right, I believe, that when she puts that uh, lightsaber tattoo on her arm, that counts as cosplay forever, as far as I'm concerned. That pays for all. So, I think you know where I'm going with this. I find in the favor of the defendant, your wife, Jessie, uh, I might have compelled her to dress up as Princess Leia if she had not gotten a tattoo of a Star Wars lightsaber on her arm already. But in fact, she has. And therefore, Donald, I would say uh, you should have go have a great time at the Star Wars convention with your son and your friend. And you should, uh, I don't know why you call your son Tim, but I'm not even going to get into that whole area now. And you should have a wonderful time. And Jesse, you should have, you should do whatever you like on this vacation. Even if it means staying in the room for a while, you should also go and see what a good time your husband and son are having. Just, just relax. It's your vacation too. Let him, let him, uh, let him uh, take over in the, in the convention hall. Okay. Because at the end of the day, this is all just what, you know, things that you're into, not lifestyle, not life. Okay. And as uh, retroactive damages, uh, I'm going to award to Jesse uh, this order, sir, that you have put on your body a tattoo of My Little Pony uh, or a unicorn. I really actually have some um, uh, uh, nervousness about compelling you to get a tattoo, Um, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, Some tattoo, a tasteful tattoo of My Little Pony or a unicorn And it can be like a unicorn within some kind of Star Wars symbol, if you wish. Please make it tasteful, okay? I don't want to see you on Effie Tattoos Tumblr uh, with a a huge uh, My Little Pony on your forehead, okay? I don't want to ruin any lives here. I I just want the force to be in balance. You know what I'm saying? All right. Have a good time at the convention. May the force be with you. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all.
Donald, you could get a tattoo of a unicorn horn right on your forehead. That would be awesome if, if I could get a 3D tattoo. I love The Last Unicorn, by the way, Jesse. Oh, you're my favorite. Soundtrack by America? Yes. yes. Love it. Yes. Is there any secret hope, Jesse, that you, like with the tattoos, may just surprise Donald and family and show up at this convention in full-on Leia in white robes sans brazier garb? Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I will probably follow the judge's ruling and wear something very uh, vacation-y. Hey, it's me, Judge John Hodgman. I came out of my courtroom for a second. Donald? Yes. Will you leave the room again for a second? Sure. Jesse, are you there? Yeah. It's me, yeah, John. I'm here. It's me, Judge John Hodgman. Yeah. Here's what you do. Okay. Now, look, I'm still ruling in your favor, but this is too good uh-huh. an idea not to at least suggest to you. Uh-huh. What you want to do is you want to get a really good Boosh costume. Do you know who Boosh, Boosh. is? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Boosh is the bounty hunter who shows up in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. Guess uh-huh. what? But it's a full face mask, right? And uh-huh. then she's, and then Boosh gets uh, Han Solo out of the carbonite, takes off the mask. It's Princess Leia. Uh-huh. If you if you went into that thing, you said I'm not going to dress in any costume, right? But mm. then you did that, and then you just sort of walked up to your husband and started talking with him like me 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 me, right? <laughs> And then you showed okay. him a thermal detonator that you're carrying. And he's like, what is going on? And then you take off your helmet and it's you. It would blow his mind, wouldn't it? Sometimes mind blowing trumps justice. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. But then you have okay. to publicly make out with him because that's what happens in the movie. Yeah, but it would, oh, totally, okay. it would be a total make out scene. It's like everyone at the Star Wars convention would, would bow down in awe. <laughs> See, now I've gone over to the dark side. The thing, the thing about fandom is you never want to do anything just to impress people at the Star Wars convention. <laughs> That's a terrible motive. But if it life. happens, it happens. If it happens, it happens. Okay. Look, sometimes you just got to let it happen. But it's like, you know, it's like whenever you, whenever you do something, when I talk about the dark side of fandom, it's when you are doing something in order to serve fandom instead of yourself, your preferences, or your own creative ideas. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. this would be, this is, this is a compelling idea in the service of fandom alone. And it might be a hilarious trick to play on your husband, who frankly deserves it. You do whatever you like. You have a great vacation. Okay. With your adorable son and your troubled husband, who doesn't remember his son's name. Okay. <laughs> Take care, guys. Good old Tim. Donald, Jesse, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Last unicorn. <laughs> I love that. Hi, this is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All right, class. Tomorrow's exam will cover the science of cosmic rays, the morals of art forgery, and whether or not fish can drown. Any questions? Yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? 
It's the podcast Let's Learn Everything, where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom. I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline, and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Obviously not. No. It's a podcast. (laughs) So Judge John Hodgman, time to clear the docket. Oh, what? How did you get in my meditation chamber? I used a lightsaber and I jammed it in through the metal and then I very slowly cut out a circle and then curled in. Your skills skills are, uh, are advanced. I think I just left it open though. We've actually uh, had a lightsaber duel. Yes, you, you and I. You apart and I from this case altogether. Yeah. We bought, I, I got some very realistic uh, lightsabers for my son. Because they're children's toys. But I and believe then, we played with them first. Yeah, then we, well, we had to test them out. Right. Makes and I think fun. there's a video of it somewhere, right? Yeah, I do. I think I sent it to you. But I, it, out of respect for you, did not upload that to YouTube. I think, I think, I think we better put it on YouTube. That might be time. All right, so let's clear the docket. Lincoln writes, My close friend got angry at me when I used the phrase, How should I know? I'm not a mind reader. They claim that since I do stage mentalism, theatrical mind reading, for a living, that means I am literally a mind reader. And therefore, I'm one of the few people that should not be allowed to use the phrase. I've gone on the record to say that a mentalist simulates mind reading, so I don't claim to read minds. I've gone on the record. (laughs) Should I be allowed to use the phrase? Yes, of course you can. A mentalist, you do not have magic powers, nor do you read minds. I just, it's just, it's just, this is the most specific problem that I've ever encountered. I think he should be able to say it, but then has to issue the caveat, but I pretend to be one. How should I know? I'm not a mind reader. Yeah. Although I do pretend to be. Yeah, no, but I don't even know that a mentalist, well, I guess a mentalist is pretending. But it's not like uh, magicians have to go around, they can't use the common phrase, how do I know? I'm not going to produce a dove out of thin air. I know. It's yeah. almost unfair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? You can go ahead and use that term because you're not a mind reader. That doesn't actually happen. Uh, it, it, to say that would be to suggest that only people who practice uh, the hypnotic techniques of Franz Mesmer will be allowed to say that they're mesmerizing. Anyone can say it. Stop being dumb, everybody. But I love the fact that how many times has it been said? The problem is, I'm a mentalist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the next one? Okay, Kevin and Christina, right? We're watching and enjoying the TV series, Game of Thrones. Hey, okay. Nerdsville. Yes. Yeah. Kevin read all of the books prior to watching. Christina has read none. Our friend Heather would enjoy the show as well, but refuses to watch it until she's read the books. We feel that Heather should view the show immediately for two main reasons. One, the show has many twists, turns, and surprises that would be spoiled by reading the books first. Two, Heather has not yet begun to read the books, and it's uncertain when, if ever, she will. The longer that she waits, the more likely it is that she'll come across spoilers that will diminish her enjoyment of both the series and the books. Will you compel Heather to begin watching the series immediately? Nerds, this is what I'm talking about. You can't compel people to like things. You are not considering the most obvious explanation for her behavior, which is that she is using the fact that she has not read the books to avoid watching the TV series because she would prefer to watch a sports game or something else that she likes. I'm also offended by the notion that um, reading the books would spoil the show. 
That doesn't seem right to me. Well, what do you... Uh, if, let's just say, for the moment, that she actually does want to engage with this particular weird continent of high nerdery that is the world of Game of Thrones, I would say that she should read the books and see the show, but she should... But if she doesn't have time to read the books, what do you think, Monty? Well, as somebody who was compelled by one Judge John Hodgman I to read the books before the show even began, yeah, not not uh, not overtly compelled, but implied right. that I, it would be something good. Uh, I have only read the books, yeah. audio versions of the books, by the way. That is the ultimate nerddom, and uh, and have not watched one episode of the show. So my suggestion, um, and in this modern era of consumption of media. Read all the books. If you think you are going to read the books, read all the books first, and then I'm going to wait until all of the series are complete. And then in like seven years, just careen through the entire television no, series. No, just do just do what you want, everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just a suggestion. It's one way to do it. I wouldn't. I mean, I would say I would say that uh, I would have definitely recommended if someone were interested in in the works of George Railroad Martin uh, before the TV show started. I would have said, yeah, you should read the book first. It'll, you'll enjoy it, right? But mm-hmm. uh, you can't unhatch a dragon egg. It's out, of the, it's out of the egg now. I think people should... It, it, it would probably be a lot easier for this poor woman to just watch the TV show and, and, and get into it that way. You can always revisit the books, and there's so much more in the books. So I would say this. Now that the TV show has started, if this person wants to know what her friends are talking about and enjoy what I think is a pretty good TV show, go ahead and watch that TV show. You'll get around to the books. Nothing's going to be ruined. That is all. I've been your guest bailiff, Monty Belmonte, morning host at 93.9 The River, WRSI in Northampton, Massachusetts. You can find my podcasts at WRSI.com. Thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.